Welcome to episode 53 of Land the Plane Podcast. Hello, everyone, once again. Back in the Land of Playing Podcast Studios, my name is Dustin. I'm Jonathan. And Jonathan, woo! We're on spring break. Woo! 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 Well, when we're recording this, we're not on spring break. But when this show drops, we'll be be. on spring break. And you know what's different about spring break for us? What's that? Nothing. (laughs) I'm taking a couple days off. Are you? Yep. Kind of a big deal. Not really. We're just going to get away, go hide in the woods for a couple days. Do some hiking. There you, know. you go. To let you know. What, what does it mean to hide in the woods? For you? Are you like, are y'all camping? You get in a cabin? No, none of the like, above. What is that? <laughs> this is a very last minute impromptu trip. So we'll probably just find a hotel somewhere and then we'll drive out to the woods during the day. <laughs> Too late to put okay, all the camping yeah. stuff. It's a lot of work. Yeah, that's probably true. But uh, we don't have fancy camper or nothing like that. We got to put up a tent. And, woo! That's hard work. Forget that. But we are glad you are back listening to another episode. We've uh, we've been on this journey, this series through apologetics, and uh, this is now episode three of that, so we're excited to get started. But before we do, we know we're a little week late, we apologize for that, but hey, if y'all noticed we were a week late, then you enjoy the show, and thank you for paying attention. If you didn't know, hey, that's okay too. We ain't mad at you, it's, life's busy. But Jonathan, I did something the other night, I haven't done it in a long time. Took a shower? No. With this finely tuned Still machine of a body, <laughs> I have to bathe it at least once a day. Mm. Keep it, you know. We're thankful. Well, me too. But anyways, no. So I got home last night, and sometimes we just have music night at our house, okay? Like we'll just, instead of watching TV or something, we'll just turn on YouTube, and I'll bring up old songs, have the sound bar on, and... I'll just show the kids like old music from when I was younger. And sometimes they make fun of me. And they're like, we'll show you some of the today's music, Dad. And they play that for me and I make fun of them. And it's just this terrible circle. Well, for Christmas, my daughters got they, a karaoke they machine. Rick roll them? They've rickrolled me many times. They, mm. We've we've sang that song. I think it's been played many, many times. <laughs> so my daughter's got a karaoke machine for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we found out last or two nights ago that we could, it's got two microphones and you could take it and you can Bluetooth your phone to it. But at the same time, we could mirror the phone to the TV. So the audio would go through the TV out the sound system there, but our voice would still go to the karaoke machine and then all the t- words would be on the screen. So we were fired up. My daughters were like, Let's sing some songs. We sang songs for an hour and a half. <laughs> I couldn't, I had, if we had to record the next day, I couldn't have done it because my voice was gone. Because like my oldest son, he was the DJ. So he kept putting up the music. Uh, my daughters would take turns singing with me. And then my son, my, my youngest son, he would sing with me as well. And it was fun because he would go all out. But my daughters, if you put them up there by themselves, just, the two of them to do a duet, they would just stare at each other and barely, you could barely hear them even sing. Yeah. 
But they were like, Dad, won't you come sing with me? Then I'd get up there, and if I was willing to belt it out, they would be willing to belt it out. Man, it was it was one of the funnest nights I've had with my daughters, like maybe ever. And my sons, too. I mean, they were having a good time. But they mm-hmm. just to see my daughters be like, really, really letting go and singing. And we were doing anything like meatloaf to vanilla ice. <laughs> we did some current hits. We did some country. We did a little bit of everything, man. And we just dum, had a good dum, time. Dum, 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 dum. Ice, baby. <laughs> so you know what it made me think of? Yeah. Live show idea. Oh, boy. Me and you karaoke in a nice tune with the listeners of the podcast. <laughs> and he goes silent. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Come on, man. Ah, man. We can lie. We can put on a whole little show. I'll let you pick the music, maybe. Because it's got to be cool. It's got to be hip. I know what's hip. <laughs> man, I don't know. I might have to have a stand-in that night. Or a sit-in. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awesome because they were the, my girls were just so into it. It was the craziest songs, too. And then afterwards, uh, one of my daughters came to me and she said, Dad, I think I'm a better singer when I make up my own songs. <laughs> <laughs> and so she just started singing like, it's almost Friday. I was doing all these things with her voice. I was like, yeah. I was actually impressed because she can. She's getting the snack for, you know, knowing how to sing and stuff. But man, good times. It does sound like fun. Live show. I might have to. I seriously lost my voice. It was it's like me at every hockey game I've ever gone to. Lose my voice every time. Because you're bloodthirsty? I guess. I don't know. Something about hockey. Man, it's... It is. It's... Like, I've never been one of those people that want to see a fight, like, encouraged to fight at high school. I was just never mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. But if I walk a, watch a hockey match, I'm like, punch him in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it like, Absolutely. It's just completely allowed. I showed my son hockey a couple of years ago for the first time. And he plays. he's played soccer forever. And he's like, Dad, this is like soccer, except you get to cream people. <laughs> like, true. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm like it. Happy Gilmore. He's the only guy to ever hold a record for trying to take his skate off and stab somebody. <laughs> it's a good movie. Many hoots. So, this is episode three, part three of uh, the latest show on this apologetics. And Bobby, Baba, Bobby. Bobby. Oh, am I supposed to be here? Bobby Bobby's is back. in the house. I'm, I'm busy with the dog. We're Wait, playing. Bobby just showed us what happens to everybody who tunes into the beginning of the podcast. They fade out <laughs> after, <laughs> after a couple minutes. And then when the show actually starts, they come back. So. Yeah. <laughs> what nobody out there knows is that Jonathan and Holly have this great, great, wonderful, sweet Millie here. And and I've been threatening to take her home with me for weeks. <laughs> she is she is an incredible dog. And she, she comes up and she wants you to pet her and love on her play with her. Oh, we've talked about her before because she's interrupted yeah, the show. She has times. interrupted the <laughs> yeah. show just a few times. So they've probably heard the that part of it. But uh, hey, we're well, glad you're back. It's good to be back. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun. It seems like it's been a while. I, I can I can tell your audience that um, part of the reason that that we are late is because we've had dog issues at my home, and um, we lost a family member last week um, in in our little dog, and. Um, I just wasn't ready to broadcast because I am a sucker for pets. Yeah. I can't help it. So. No, hey, it's understandable. And we were we were more than happy to wait on you. Oh, yeah. 
Especially since you bring the notes. <laughs> Usually I email you the notes, but, but we didn't do so good with this one. Everything that I, that I read and was using was really, really long. And so I didn't want to, didn't want to print and, and copy and send those, but it's, it's some interesting stuff Andy, we're getting into. And he knows we have trouble reading, you know, <laughs> understanding. How many times have you actually read what I've sent? I have every time. Have you really? Yes. Okay. And just to balance that out, I have not read any of it. <laughs> we want to keep the average right in the middle, right? You know. Yeah, that's that's. I have, I did not. Back. I did not what you sent me yesterday. Yesterday or yesterday day before one. Yeah, yeah. I did not read that. I, I kind of scanned through a couple of things and then. I was like, no, nah, I got to read this later. This stuff. But then it was, you had mentioned it was just like links to other stuff. Yeah. I swear there was a Word doc in there somewhere, but maybe that was something else. I may have accidentally sent you a complaint for divorce or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, Hopefully I, not, but you know. Sh- we weren't supposed to talk about that. That goes. <laughs> I like to be that, 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 that voice for the audience that has no idea what's coming and just ask random questions. <laughs> so. I'm here for you guys. With what we're talking about tonight, I don't know that any of us knows what's coming, okay? Well, speaking of that, so episode three of this little series, we talked about kind of an overview a little bit of where we're going to go on this journey, kind of, I know it was more than that, about politics as a whole, and kind of the first episode of it. And then we, last episode, we talked about creation more, origin of the universe, those types of things. So where are we going tonight? Bro? We're honing in. This is kind of like a big funnel that we started with Can You Find Truth? And then, and then last time was the origin of the universe, and now we're going to talk about life. And, and we're, we're kind of avoiding, because I listened to you guys with Robert Sterling here some, some time ago. It was episode 27, if anybody wants to look back. Um, but y'all did an episode with Robert Sterling on evolution. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to generally avoid any discussion of evolution because I think he covered it really, really well. And, and he has a biology background. And so we're kind of avoiding biology and, and we're going to talk about pre biology. If that makes sense. Pre biology, pre biology. That's what you get like in the sixth grade. It's not really (laughs) biology. It's pre-biology. And see, when I when I took it, it was the dark ages, so it was really back then. Yeah. I thought that's where they put you when you failed normal biology. Yeah. Put you back in pre-biology. Um, but but Jonathan and I and, and Dustin and I were talking beforehand. Biology is simply the study of life. But what what atheists or or anyone out there that doesn't believe or questions whether they believe in God or, or believes that life evolved on Earth, they, they have to believe that the Earth began without any life on it, that Earth began with chemicals. And, and so I think everyone on Earth that, that looks at it in any way would agree that human beings, plants, animals, everything that is alive, Millie, sitting right here next to me, um, we're all made up of chemicals. Actually, her, her name's Willow. Willow. You may be confusing her a little bit. <laughs> wow. Willow, I'm sorry, man. I just blew the whole podcast. Can we? You don't edit, do you? Yeah, not really. You enjoy when people screw up and you don't have to edit. You know, it's, it's easier that way. Yeah. On me. I kind of figured that. 
But um, we're, we're all made up of chemicals. And everyone agrees that we're make, made up of chemicals. So we're going to look at a little bit without going too deep into the science because I am not an organic chemist. Um, but I've listened to and read a lot of people who are. More especially, I'm, I'm stealing stuff tonight from, from Norm Geisler, Frank Turek, who are, who are generally philosophers of theology, from James Tour, who is a professor, uh, a doctor, James Tour, from the University of Houston. His job is to build molecules. He is a synthetic organic chemist, so he can speak to this. And, and I had a wonderful, wonderful time yesterday... I'm sitting in my office, and a couple of weeks ago, I, I just got brave. And so I sent out links of, of you guys' podcast to all of the big apologetics people that I'd been listening to. Mm-hmm. And um, We appreciate that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Anytime you share a link, we appreciate it. <laughs> and actually, somebody from Josh McDowell's office, if, if anybody knows who Josh McDowell is, one of the greatest apologists of, of our time, um, somebody from his office actually listened and sent me a critique back it was great so took the time out and then James Tour himself emailed me back and and said that I ought to talk to a fellow by the name of Casey Luskin and shout out to Casey Luskin and the Discovery Institute up in uh, Seattle Washington because yesterday I received a phone call from Casey Luskin who is a lawyer and and scientist combined Really, really bright man. Um, fantastic that he would take the time. He called me from Seattle, and I spent an hour just picking his brain. Yeah. He is he is one of the, uh, in my opinion, one of the best proponents of intelligent design and and origin of life theory in America today. Mm. And and so it was just great. He gave me. I, I ended up taking a page and a half notes from him, and and just really listening a lot, or trying to listen to a lot, and and asking him what I hoped were tough questions that he was just really prepared with answers for you know that's cool because um for somebody of, of where he's at and his stature i mean he didn't have to make that phone call to you no. but he did because he knows the importance of what we're talking about and, and you guys want to share that that's awesome that's something that he and i talked about just a little bit and and i want to i want to reiterate this we talked about it the very the very first time we got together what we're doing here is is not something to, to try to make anybody sound smart or to try to make anybody sound dumb or just to build knowledge or anything like that. What we're doing here is trying to help build a foundation for people. What we want to do is help share some things that, that I think are important, that I believe are biblical, that I believe the Bible uh, challenges us to learn. And, and what we want to do through this is help people be more capable of sharing their faith. So as Josh McDowell said at the beginning of his book, um, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, if you're, if you're listening to this just to gain knowledge, if you're listening to this to, to sound smart to your friends, stop. Um, but, but if you're listening to this or sharing this to try to share Christ, roll it out. Yeah. Because that's, that's why we pray before we start. That's why we're here uh, we're we're not here trying to trying to give ourselves any kind of name. We're here to try to help people that listen be more capable of sharing their faith and be more confident in that, and and to help people that that may have doubts understand that there are places and people to whom they can go and get good answers to questions from people who are critical thinkers. Uh, people people of faith today, uh, we we 
don't investigate. We don't use our minds enough. And and people out there that, that are unbelievers make fun of Christians because most Christians just don't have good answers. Right, yeah. And and it's it's commanded of us to learn the answers. We're supposed to be prepared. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to love God with our minds. And and I I I may be a little critical of, of church people, of which I'm one, but but most of the time we don't love him with our minds. We don't spend time studying and learning enough about him. And and it's important. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've probably grown lazy. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. We're, we're, we, how much time do we spend watching TV and, and looking at social media and looking at other things? And, and how much time do we spend thinking about looking at and learning about the, the one that we claim we want to spend eternity with? It's a fair question. And the thing is, is and, and then when we do decide we want to maybe learn, we want somebody else to teach us everything. Oh, yeah. Instead of taking the initiative to go learn ourselves. And that's one thing I've been really stressing to my kids and, and people around me lately is, uh, I mean, it's always something to talk about, but I just feel like there's this need to talk about it more and more is, hey, don't go be a Christian or don't go believing in Jesus just because based on the things I've told you. You know, go experience it for yourself. Talk to himself. Look in the Bible. Read through it. Learn the truth yourself. Listen to things like this. And then, you know, and then go on that journey with God because just just accepting what somebody says, I don't, I'm, I'm not on board with that. I think you, you got you to gotta listen, you got to experience it, you got to go through yourself. And that's what, like you said earlier, this is a foundation to get you started uh, down that journey. And if you're already a believer, great, let this continue to build up who you are. And if you're not and you're listening to this show and it's kind of just something new to you or you're curious, give it a chance, see where it goes. Waiting for someone else to teach you about God and to teach you about God's Word is no different than going to your spouse's ex to try to learn your spouse. Think about that a minute. Yowie. (laughs) Are you going to go to your spouse's ex-boyfriends and ask them about your spouse? Are you going to try to get to know her yourself? Wow, I've never thought about that. That's hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's probably a lot of also, people doing that right yeah. now. Hmm. I, I think Might there's as well get it straight from the horse's mouth, right? I think there's I mean, this really cool analogy where the church is the bride of Christ. So I I think it's an apt analogy. Yeah. Yep. But, but on to the on to the subject. Man, we yeah. could talk about this. I, I can criticize all night long, <laughs> but I don't want to do that. Let's get into it. Um, where did life come from? What What did you guys learn? You guys have been through school, been through high school and or college. You had biology. You had to take biology. Where did they teach you that life came from? Um, which came first, chicken or the egg? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard the phrase, the primordial Prim- soup? I was about to say, yeah, that some kind of primordial soup. How, what do you picture? <laughs> I mean, soup. a pea soup that's yeah. bubbling. You picture pea soup bubbling, lots of clouds. You know, the pea sun doesn't get through real good, but it does. And and the the real issue here, okay, is that life, like we said a, a few minutes ago, and we're gonna we're gonna dig in a little bit. Life is made up of chemicals, 
And, and these chemicals are carbohydrates and proteins. They form up into, I'm, I'm going to use some phrases that we've all heard. They, uh, amino acids form proteins. You've heard of RNA, DNA. We hear a lot about those with vaccines that are going around right now. All those things are pieces of life. And so we need to understand a little bit and, and again, I'm not a chemist. I'm not an expert in this, and I'm not trying to be. I'm, I'm trying to reference people like Casey Luskin, James Tour, uh, Stephen Meyer, those people that have done the study and lead people to them. But, but what they tell us and, and what other scientists who are, who are atheists tell us is that these chemicals come together, and, and then what we learned in the biology book is, is that these chemicals somehow came together in what they call the prebiotic earth. Prebiotic means before life existed. And, and over time, these chemicals somehow meshed together and, and they became maybe, they think, possibly RNA first, or maybe they think possibly DNA first, and then somehow those started replicating, but we're not sure how. We know at some point in time we're probably going to find some law that causes this to happen. We haven't found it yet, but we think if we keep looking, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so you then then they they another line of evidence that they try to use is that we we look at embryos, right? Do y'all, do y'all remember the picture, the drawings in your biology book when you were kids? We for sure had it back in the 70s, mm-hmm. okay? There were pictures of embryos in the womb that were drawn of different species. And it's amazing how much they look alike. It's the little incredible. Tadpole looking the up. little tadpole. Yeah. It looks just like that thing that crawled up out of the good old primordial, primordial soup. soup. Yeah. You're thinking about primordial soup. I'm just thinking of like a public jacuzzi. <laughs> Oh, that's nasty. I'm convinced it, after a while something could walk up out of something probably good. <laughs> and and that's actually that's a pretty good analogy for what they say. The truth is, Dustin, that's kind of what they say. Right. Yep. That's the way it worked. Because these these dead chemicals suddenly came together. But the problem is with the chemistry of it all. Because I, I asked Luskin yesterday, I said, if I if I'm understanding this correctly, when you put these chemicals in a soup if there's any kind of water in, these chemicals don't like each other. That's putting it in good old Saline County East. They just don't like each other. Mm-hmm. They don't connect. Mm-hmm. They won't. And if they connect, guess what? Because water is there, they fall apart. Mm-hmm. It doesn't form over time. James Tour said it in a, in a video I was listening to on the way here. Time is your enemy mm-hmm. in this process. It doesn't work. You, you guys have got to sometime listen listen to one of these videos by James Tour because he just almost rants. It's great. <laughs> he said, show me where life can be produced. It can't be. We can't, we can't even produce the molecules. With all of our science and all of our laboratories and all that we have, we can't even produce the molecules for life. But it happened by chance. But it happened by chance. Yeah. And, and then, there has to be a lot of, like there had to be a lot of energy in that as well to to force the chemicals together and all that kind of, is that 
That's exactly, that's another thing that was taught when I was in school. And, mm-hmm. and when I was in school, it was taught as gospel. And, and some people out there, if they remember their old biology class, we took it in 10th grade when I was in school, they remember talking about the Miller-Urey experiment in 1952. And in 1952, Miller and Urey used something to, to create an atmosphere, a controlled atmosphere that was just exactly like the Earth back in the beginning. And then they shot electricity into it like lightning. And guess what? They produced amino acids. There's a problem that somebody learned just a few years after that experiment. And, and unfortunately, it didn't get pulled out of the biology books, even though they knew that the prebiotic earth was nothing like what Miller and Urey had used. Hmm. Nothing. The chemicals weren't there. They set it up and fixed it where they could create amino acids. Now, the problem is they created amino acids, but they were very small and not anything like what is built into life. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got some origin of earth scientists who, who will tell you, oh, we're getting close, we're getting close. There was a, a great argument online. Um, there's, a, there's a podcast we talked about last time called Unbelievable. And, and they brought a couple of guys on, one whose origin of life, the other is James Tour. And, and this one guy that was the atheist origin of life person from, from London was talking about being closer and closer and closer to creating life. And, and he started explaining his process to Tour. Now, Tour is a Christian, but he, he segregates very well his arguments against origin of life being by chance or, or by some type of survival of the fittest over time um, from his Christianity. He divides them out very carefully. He doesn't use God in his presentations. And, and he said, do you understand how far away that is from life? It, it is forever away from life. And, and Tour will even tell you, we can't build the molecules for life. But even if we give you the molecules, if we give you all the molecules, we give you the RNA, the DNA, and, and the other molecules, the carbohydrates, the, the lipids, everything that is required, you can't put them together, even in a lab. Our level of intellect cannot put them together. It, it just, it's not done. And so those, those are the biggest issues. When, when Luskin, I, one of the questions I asked Casey Luskin yesterday was, what are the best arguments that you have heard in, in your time of going out speaking, debating for, for naturalistic origin of life? And he gave me a list. And I stopped him when he finished the list. I said, Casey, how old are you? He said, I'm 43. And I said, well, I, I thought you were actually a little bit younger, younger, more younger than me, than that. I said, I'm 56. And I said, what you have just described to me as the best arguments for atheistic, materialistic origin of life, except for the genetic piece that we're going to get to in a minute, mm-hmm. are the exact same things that were taught to me in biology in the 1970s. It hasn't changed. Yeah. There's been no advancement in origin of life theory, not any true advancement in the last 70 years. 
since the Miller-Urey experiment in 1952. And what, I mean, let's, let's think for a minute. What other area of scientific research can that same thing be said of? Exactly. Think of what all has changed. I mean, I don't want, I don't want like the knowledge from 70, what'd you say? How many years ago? 1952. 50, so 70 Six, years. 70 years. Yeah, about 70 years ago. I mean, would you want a heart surgeon working <laughs> on you that only knows what they knew in 1952? Not me. I'm, I'm like, I want the young dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want people up on stuff. I mean, man, I'm like that's crazy. Yeah. Like that's. And it's not like that topic's been neglected oh, for no. the last seven no, years. No. I mean, there's been tons of money, tons of research, tons of study put into this to try to figure it out. And they just aren't making grounds. Exactly. And, and. There, there are quotes in several of the books, and, and one of the, one guy, I, forgive me, I don't remember all the names, one guy was quoted, he was an agnostic, he had just finished the annual Origin of Life convention, and, and he was quoted in a publication as saying, I get more frustrated every time I go, because it seems like every year we go backwards. Hmm. Every year we go backwards. And, and part of the problem, we, we talked about this. Well, one part of, my, of the problem is that it's not true. Well, so. and... and I asked I asked Casey this question yesterday, and and one of the things that that people like him that go out and publicly debate these issues hears all the time is that you're using a God of the gaps argument, where you don't have answers. You're mm-hmm. saying, "Oh well, God did it," and and actually, they are stealing from the theists in the sense that they don't have answers. They refuse to even acknowledge that there is a possibility of an intelligence designing it Mm -hmm. to the full extent that some of the theorists have claimed, oh, well, maybe aliens brought life down, simple life, and seeded the earth. Yeah, I've heard that one. And and that life evolved from there. Kid you not. Now, they have no evidence for those aliens. But they would rather aliens seed the earth than than for there to be a being. They want it to be an alien being, not a being that is above us. Yeah, because it's, then maybe it's because at that point we we might one day be equals. Yeah, I mean, and that's the that's the whole thing. You yeah, know, they they don't want to concede that there's a possibility of someone, some being out there who is far more than we are and that we'll never understand exactly it's just not a big and that's not an acceptable argument five weeks ago and this 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 story applies to to this issue and it applies to what we're going into next five weeks ago we we talked about a movie that i could not remember the name of and it drove me nuts and thankfully dustin hit it it's the movie contact and you said watching tv all the time was not a good decision (laughs) (laughs) just build you out right there didn't it Hey, I can take what I'm wrong. For any Trekkies out there, not first contact. Yes. Just love that. Love that movie, too. Starring Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Yeah. Matthew McConaughey is kind of of a TV preacher. (laughs) Jodie Foster is an atheistic scientist who works at SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Life. And, And the whole thing was written by a fellow by the name of Carl Sagan. 
Mm-hmm. Sagan was a great scientist. He was also an atheist. And, and Sagan wrote the original book, Contact. And the entire premise of the movie is that Jodie Foster is sitting up in the, in the little office area of SETI, and, and she's got these computers running, and she's listening, and they start hearing. And, and there are, just so people know this, there are radio waves throughout the universe, mm-hmm. all sorts of random radio waves. Now, they're natural. They, they come from all the stuff we talked about three weeks ago. Not, not from radios. Exactly. Obviously. But. <laughs> radiation radio radiation waves, let's NPR, call it that. <laughs> NPR bouncing off of uh, comets. But um, Cupids. suddenly they get a signal that, that makes sense because it is, it is a regular signal of prime numbers. Hmm. Okay. 1, 3, 5, 7, 11, 13, 17, 19... We won't go on. I can. I'll show my ignorance before long. Well, I love prime numbers. You passed I don't my know ignorance why. a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that there could be a list being sent out of prime numbers was proof that there was intelligent life sending a message. That's all it took was a list of prime numbers. That's the entire premise of a movie and a book written by an atheist. Now, tell me that's not intelligent design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if they claim in one area that we can recognize intelligence, why can that not apply to other areas of science? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't apply just because we don't want it to. So what, so what you're saying is they looked at something so simple mm-hmm. as prime numbers and said, obviously, if there is a signal, which is made up of, you know, whatever, then if there is a signal of prime numbers, then obviously intelligence had to do that. Exactly. Like that can't be chance. But... DNA strands and RNA strands that are billions of, you know, pieces of information that can be chance. And that's, that's yeah. what we're leading directly into. Because part of the problem, the whole basis that we can't build a cell is that we don't know how to get the information in the proper order. Yeah. Okay, and and what people need to understand, what what the general public very simply can understand, is that the information that is in a single cell is no different. It is perfectly, absolutely analogous to the information that is in a sentence or a book. It is a list of letters, per se, in chemical code that that are just like computer code and work just like computer code. Mm -hmm. And the cell itself that back in the 1930s and 40s and before they thought was just a little glob of something, we now describe as a machine Mm -hmm. or a factory or a whole city of different functions, including garbage takeout Yeah, in every single cell. Now, how much information is there uh, in what we call a simple form of life in a bacteria how much information is there that's a good question because could that form 
naturally? Is there such a small amount of information that it could form naturally? Have, have you guys ever owned, when I was a little kid, we had a set of Encyclopedia Britannica. Y'all ever had a oh, set of encyclopedias? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love those things. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're wonderful. There was A, and there was B. <laughs> <laughs> In a single-celled life form, there is enough information in the right order to fill 1,000 sets of Encyclopedia Britannica. Stop and think about that a second. That's a whole lot of that's a whole lot of uh, encyclopedia salesmen <laughs> running around with. <laughs> that's a single cell, guys. Yeah, that's that's a, a bacteria. Yep. That that's how much information. Now compare that to your body. And if you were to go to Madison Square Garden, let's bring it home. If if you were to go to all, it's not all Till Arena anymore, is it? What is Simmons Bud, Bank Arena? Simmons Bank Arena, Bud Walton Arena. Let's go to let's go to the Bud. If you were to fill Bud Walton Arena with enough Encyclopedia Britannicas to comprise the amount of information in your body, you got to pull the roof off. Mm-hmm. Bud Walton won't hold it. Wow. And, and not only is there that much information, just like the encyclopedia for it to work, it's all got to be in the right order. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen randomly. It can't happen randomly. Now, now, what your atheists say is there's got to be a law out there that controls it. We just hadn't found it yet. That That's the argument. That's yeah, Interesting how they're looking for a law that controls it, but yet won't give up to an authority that rules over it. No, it's kind of interesting. It, my, my discussion that I had a few weeks ago with with the individual from Atlanta, like I said when I when I talked about him before, seems seems like a great guy. I only met him over the internet, but seems like a great guy. He just couldn't be convinced, mm-hmm. and and he kept saying, "I can't control what doesn't convince me." And and I still wonder what is it about us that doesn't allow us to be convinced. What, what stops me? What in life could stop me from hearing what, what I see as an attorney as overwhelming evidence of the, the great, great thing? Let's, let's say we talked about this before, Dustin. You've eaten alphabets, right? Yes. You, you look at me and you know I've eaten everything. But you've eaten alphabets. And, and you walk in the kitchen in the morning and, and you see the box of alphabets is flipped over on its side. and Some jerk's up to something. <laughs> Knocking over my cereal. <laughs> and you see those letters yep. forming, take out the garbage. Right. Is, is your first thought, man, that's weird how they landed like that. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been some magnetism to that to that T and that A. <laughs> I'm going I'm to start looking around like... <laughs> You know, yeah. like somebody hiding in the corner fixing to stab me or something. <laughs> I'd be finding where my wife was. Exactly. <laughs> be like, yeah, because she's you know me somebody did it. Yeah. You know somebody, and and likewise, you you go to the beach, and and if you see a sandcastle, it wasn't the waves that built the sandcastle. That's like now, me. I, I can tell you what waves do to a sandcastle. <laughs> <laughs> 
if if I go to Mount Rushmore, and and I love looking at Mount Rushmore, never been there, but I love pictures of it. I never consider, wow, look at what the wind and the rain did. Mm-hmm. I know that there was an intellect that created that. It's a, it's we we talked about basic beliefs and basic truths a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We have a an ability as humans to comprehend the difference between random or or intelligently designed things. It's clear to us. And and to me it's almost being intellectually dishonest to deny that. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the one of the main aspects of it is that there's just so much there's still so much that we don't know even about the single cell. Yeah. And and we are so much more complicated than like a single-celled organism. Um that that it just I, I don't know. It, it's almost there there can't be that much just chance. There, you know, there just can't be that much chance. One of the one of the things that I've, Casey, I've played Yahtzee enough to know. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that um, Casey pointed out to me last night that I that I didn't know this. I had heard the numbers thrown about, and and these numbers just get huge. But he talked about having information, sufficient information, for life to replicate or reproduce. Okay. And the probability that that information is is capable of forming without being designed, without someone, something controlling it to design it, goes beyond the number that they call the universal boundary of impossibility. It's 1 in 10 with 150 zeros after it. That's a big number. That's a huge, huge. To to tell you how big that number is, those scientists estimate that there are ten with seventy zeros after it atoms in the universe. Hmm. Atoms in the universe. Mm-hmm. And yet, the possibility of the information being able to self-replicate, being able to create itself in the appropriate order, is more than double. It's it's like you taking the number of atoms in the universe, doubling them, and trying to pick out one. Yeah. And and to make it, I mean, because we're, what we're looking at is things like strands of DNA. Yes. Which are just... It, it they're they're basically a lined out order kind of a kind of a prescription for you know that that piece of DNA and we, it's and it's just it's amino acids that are lined up next to each other and bonded together with each other in a very specific order and if anything in that order changes then like it's a different life form and you I mean, can even you can even put little twists on that on top of it it's not just those specific types dna 
and I, and I didn't know this until recently, these types of molecules come in two types. They're left-handed and right-handed is, is how they describe it. And only the left-handed ones work. Okay, so it's not just having them in the right order. It's only having the left-handed ones in the right order. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's even more particular. The, the four letters for the, that, are, that signify the DNA proteins are the A, C, T, and G. Mm-hmm. And, and those four letters, it's, it's kind of like there's a capital and a, and a lowercase, and, and you have to have the capitals. You can't have the lowercase. They don't work. And, and then you can go further into molecules, listening, listening to some of these guys. It gets, so quickly gets above my head in, into the chemistry. But the, the lipids, um, you have to have the two-tailed ones, not the one-tailed ones. They, they don't work. Yeah. Every, everything breaks down. Given the wrong time, given the wrong environment, origin of life people, once, once it was talked about the prebiotic soup, well, they have, want, they have now learned that those chemicals, if they're put into a soup, break down. They don't build. They don't work. And so now they're, they're talking about a, what they call a Goldilocks effect from the old Goldilocks and Three Bears fairy tale, that it had to be wet for a certain period of time and then dry up for a while, for just the right time, though. And then it had to be wet again for a little bit, and then it had to dry up again for a little bit. And so they were, they were looking for a time at these place down in, places down in the ocean because they thought wet environments would be more conducive to it. And now they found out that these molecules break down in a wet environment, so that now they're trying to come up with a way that it became dry down in these vents in the ocean. Yeah. It's kind of hard to do to become dry in the ocean. So it's, it's crazy the, the links that they will go to to try to not say that there is even a possibility. Yeah. It's kind of even funny that they use Goldilocks because what did the bears say when they came back? Somebody's been sleeping in my bed. (laughs) They didn't say, oh, look, my bed's messed up. Huh, that's odd. Air conditioner must have blown it. Yeah, something just happened. Yeah. You know, that's... No, they said... Somebody has been doing something. Yes. It's uh, even, you know. <laughs> I should pick a different name. <laughs> it, well, this this is more of the, the ID people that have thrown the Goldilocks idea out. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, use okay. of that. So okay. actually, um, I think that's probably a good way to put it, is they, they're just denying the somebody part of the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It's like they're trying to solve a... Solve a problem, answer a question, but they're automatically taking out a section of answers. Exactly. Because we don't accept that those could be the answers. We're just going to remove them out of the equation instead of giving them a a good chance. We're going to remove them because we don't like that it could be those. So we got to force the answer, got to force it into one of these categories that we're okay with. We have gone from a period of time... Everybody knows who Isaac Newton was. Okay, Isaac Newton, the one that was laying under the tree and the apple mm-hmm. fell on his head, and he said, oh, wow, gravity. It's a little bit more involved than that. But, but Isaac Newton has a quote in his writing that basically, and, and I'm, not, I'm not quoting it, but I'm, I'm going to paraphrase to some extent, is that this, this wonderful, beautiful 
universe that is so ordered and so perfect could only be completed or created by an unimaginably divine being. Mm -hmm. and, and so science at one point in time, back in the days of Newton, would, would look at the problem that they, had, that they wanted to solve, and, and anything was open. Mm -hmm. there was, they were going to go where the evidence led. Just, just like we are supposed to do in the law, when we investigate something, when we look into something, when we're doing discovery, we try to go where the evidence leads us. We build our case based on the evidence. We don't say, or, or we're not supposed to say when we're investigating something, that, that here's the outcome I want to get to. Let me see how I can get there. We're supposed to say, I'm going to take the evidence and I'll pull in every piece of evidence that I can. And the more evidence that I find, if it keeps building me to an outcome, I'm just going to follow the outcome. Well, the way science is redefined today is that we're going to take all the evidence we can and all the evidence that we can possibly gather, and we will accept any naturalistic, materialistic explanation that we get, period. We can believe that there might be aliens in outer space on another planet somewhere a billion miles away because the universe is big. Mm -hmm. We can believe that there could be aliens out there, but we cannot believe that there could possibly be a being that could have created this, even though that's where all the evidence went 400 years ago, a thousand years ago, and that's where it's still leading. Because we just can't do that. We can't say that. And, and that's how science has been redefined. Mm -hmm. Now, I might be leading this on a little rabbit trail here, but since you brought up evidence. Um, Were you thinking about the OJ trial, too? This was sounding just like the OJ trial. <laughs> no, I was kind of thinking. If it don't fit, you must acquit. Right. Do you understand that? <laughs> um, so there's, a di there's different types of evidence. Yes. And one of which that is that is less looked upon, like you can't build the entire case upon circumstantial evidence, or you can try, but you know, it can get muddy and booted out or whatever. So, does does evidence need? I mean, it seems like cause and effect would be the best type of evidence. Like you can see. There's a cause, and here's the effect. That's a an evidence that I can reproduce. That is that's good evidence, not just evidence that's like uh, maybe this is it. I don't really, I don't have an, I don't have a cause that I can look at and see. I just have the effect, so I'm going to kind of guess about what caused that. I mean that that seems like weak circumstantial evidence to me. Okay. I can, I can answer that in, in very lawyerly fashion. There are two types of evidence, direct and circumstantial. Direct is what you observe. You observe by seeing, hearing, or experiencing. Mm -hmm. okay, that is direct evidence. And that seems, like, that seems like science. Well, yes and no. Because we can't, we are incapable outside of a laboratory of recreating events. Mm -hmm. 
I can't recreate a murder. Mm-hmm. The person's already dead. It's already happened. I can't recreate. They do it on 2020 and stuff all the time. I don't. <laughs> Those people that they show aren't really dead. Oh. Unless it has a little blurb down there that says actual crime scene photos. I watch those shows too. It's crazy. But um, nobody saw the origin of life. Yeah. So all we have of the origin of life is, and, and we, have, we don't have the eyewitness who can point to the, to the person at the defense chair and say, he did it. All we have is circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. So when is circumstantial evidence over the top and completely probative? When it forecloses all other reasonable possibilities. Okay. There's your legal definition. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what we have to look at in this case with with all the evidence that we put together and, and tonight's the conclusion of our science study. Thank you. Um <laughs> <laughs> is have we foreclosed all other reasonable possibilities? Well, what we've said is that it's, it's in the realm of impossibility. It's mathematically impossible for the universe to be created as it is from nothing into something and fine-tuned as it is by chance. Mm-hmm. It is impossible for the chemicals that form life to bond together, replicate, and be ordered in the way that they are without direction. It, it's not improbable. It's impossible. We have not even come close in all of our science with all the advances, as you said, in the other sciences. We've traveled space. We've got computers now. That This computer that I'm looking at, the computer that's your laptop that's an inch and a half thick total, would have filled a room 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Would have filled this entire room. And, and yet we've condensed it to there. We have come no closer to creating even the pieces that form of life, much less replicating the, the process that would create information that would fill up Bud Walton Arena and cause the staff to take the roof off. Mm-hmm. We're not even close. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen. It doesn't work. It can't work. And so that's, that's the question to be answered. Which one takes more faith? Yeah. Does it take more faith to follow the evidence and look at reality and look at what we can see and know has been designed and the character traits that lead us to a theistic God that we can see in this creation, just like, wow, they wrote about 2,000 years ago. God said he made himself evident in creation. I love that phrase. It's absolutely incredible. The Bible challenges you, challenges you to look at creation. And says, no matter how deep you look, I'm just going to keep making the case better. Mm-hmm. Our, our faith, Paul said it, if, if Christ is not raised again, our faith is futile. And, and our faith, everything about it, relies on it being historical and true. No other faith does that. Mm-hmm. No other faith says you don't have to have blind faith. I'm going to give you evidence, and the deeper you look, the clearer it's going to be. 
It's amazing. Yeah, and I can I can totally attest to that because, and that's one one of the coolest things that I like about the Bible and and studying through the Bible and learning and all those kind of things, is that it truly is that the more that you learn, the more it all fits together, mm-hmm. and and the more that you see how that it was it was truly one author of the entire thing. Yeah, you know, as somebody who who was writing it wrote the end kind of wrote the beginning of it already knowing the end of it yeah you know and so it's a um that, that's that's very cool only an author uh, only an author of all of it can do that you know we can't even have news stories that, of eyewitnesses that that agree with one another but the entire bible fits together it, it, it could, seamlessly you know and you just can't do that by chance either so. You're making me have really bad sacrilegious thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever watch the show Supernatural? I've watched some of it, yeah. In, in the show Supernatural, God is named Chuck and he's an author. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Sorry, I couldn't help that. That's terrible. <laughs> <sighs> On that note, maybe it's time to land the plane. Yeah. I, I did want to share one last thought, and if anybody else has got anything, is... You said we're wrapping up this science portion. We're not done talking about this stuff. It's going to keep keep going. But we're wrapping up this science portion. And in my line of work, I work in banking. People know that when they listen to the show. One thing that we have to do is, you know, I work with my tellers, people who handle the money all day long. And it's really easy. For at the end of the day, they are out of balance. What the computer says they should have and what they have in that drawer, they tell me it's different. we got to fix this thing. So I have two ways to go, two ways to do this. If most of the time when I get up there, the first thing they want to do is tell me how much they're out and why they think they're out. And the truth is, is I don't want to know either thing. Let me walk into this with a clear mind, because as soon as I start hearing numbers, as soon as you start telling me this is right, this is right. I've already checked this. I didn't mess up this. As soon as you start telling me these things, it automatically starts influencing my mind. And I've seen it happen numerous times where if I look at their breakdown of even what they counted. And it says they're supposed to have $1,200 bills in their drawer. And I look at that first, and then I count. It amazes me how many times I get to 12, period. Because I've already seen it on that piece. This is what I'm supposed to have, is 12. And so I think, think about what you've been talking about. And But if I go in there and I, I, I take that piece of paper, and I push it to the side, one count, nine times out of 10, you can find the mistake immediately because you're open-minded to what the results can be and so i think about this process and if you go into it thinking i've got to figure out i got to make evolution right or i've got to make creation in a jacuzzi tub in a public jacuzzi tub i got to make that correct or i've got to go back and make the big bang something out of nothing no influence by creator i got to make that correct and all you're wanting to do is find that your answer what you want it to be, well, if the evidence doesn't lead you there, it's going to have a hard time. And in this situation, if you don't go into it with, without the result already in your mind, and we've gone through three episodes, and we've barely talked Jesus, we've mm-hmm. barely talked God, all we've done is talk about what's, what's out there, what mm-hmm. we can touch and what we can feel and what we can understand to what we can't understand. If you have an open mind about that and you're not destined that you have to end up at evolution, creation, but if you can go with 
wherever the facts take you and you're willing to go there, that's the journey you need to be on. Because once you start plugging in that, this is where I got to get, you're going to mutate that evidence to, to, and you're going to twist it and turn it to get where you want to go. And you're not going to be, you're not going to accept an answer until you get there, even though the evidence may take you somewhere totally. And that's what I've been getting a lot out of this first three episodes on a personal level, because I'm not the smartest guy in the room. And uh, I, some of this stuff goes over my head, and then I'm like trying to tell somebody about it later. I'm like, there was a bunch of fancy words that Bobby said. <laughs> you should go listen to it. But it's it's what journey are you on, and what are you willing to be open to? Because if you're not open to whatever, yeah, then you're the, have a hard time. The guys with uh, the Ham brothers with answers in Genesis, they they refer to that as like what what kind of glasses do you have on? Like, are you looking at all of the evidence through a particular shade of glasses? If so, that's what's going to show up everywhere because that's skewing what you're looking at. So if you're if you're looking at evidence, you're looking at these things through the lenses of, I do not believe in God, that is an impossibility, then, then that's kind of where the evidence might tend to point you. But like you say, if you'll, if you'll, you know, kind of take off the glasses, like take off the lenses of, I already know the answer to this and go into it with, okay, let's figure, let's uh, just present me the information. Um, and, you know, and last week we presented a lot of information about like origin of the entire universe, not life, just universe and saw how exact it had to be to, you know, at the very beginning, whatever that looked like, no matter what it looked like, it had to be exact, and it still has to be exact, or all the orbits, all the everything flies apart, you know? And now, looking at the very beginning of life in this exact universe, now we have exact things that have to happen and, and just seem like they there's no way that it can just happen by chance. When you look at so many, um, so much information in even a single cell, much less all of the different cells and different systems and different things that 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 put us together, you know. So yeah, I'd, man, yeah, we got to open, kind of open the eyes, open the minds, open the hearts, and just um, and, and kind of take some of this kind of kind of thing thing in just be willing to see where it takes you yeah yeah okay well what else, you got any last thoughts there mr bobby the one thing you guys got me thinking about and we got him thinking yeah you got me thinking yeah we yes. did yeah we yeah. did <clears throat> last I, watch in, out internet in the last several <laughs> weeks with my I, you know you guys know i teach high school boys at church and in the last several weeks, what I've been doing is I've been making each of the boys come up with a topic that they want to learn about. And I make them give it to me two or three days ahead of time so I can research it and be prepared to do it. And um, one of my favorite kids, Bo Wright, of course, would come up with the worst, yeah. the, the meanest. He wanted to talk end of times. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I told him he needed to be prepared to answer the question, why would you want to learn about the end of times? 
because it it's number one it's really really hard to teach because so many people so much smarter than me know so much more about it and and have theories that are that are just so different than anybody else's and and so we talked about it and we what i tried to get through to them was that god from creation and we've gone through apologetics with that group god created time space and matter he is outside of time space and matter he can see everything we're going to talk about this more in depth next week because we're going to do the the hardest what i think is the hardest subject and that's evil and pain and suffering and and we're uh, folks if you're out there pray for us before we hit that because that's that's hard um but i told him i said when when you think about it you you have this being this god that, that is outside of time that could create all this stuff that we've been talking about that did it perfectly and then challenges us to learn about it, why wouldn't I want to hang out with him? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I want to learn about Man, I, I think about my, my dad. My dad passed away in August, and, and I, I just loved being around him. And, and I, I ache, you know, ache. But six, eight months later, uh, to, to spend some more time listening to his stories. And then I think about, God wants to be my dad. He wants me to hang out with him and wants me to hear his stories. Now, if that's not the coolest thing ever, mm-hmm. that he wants, I, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. And yet, the God that we've been talking about that's doing all these things that we can't even describe, that our minds can't even comprehend, he wants to hang out with me. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, it's, I, I hope I don't ever get over that. Yeah. yeah. All right, y'all, that's the show. Yeah, you. Let's just close this sucker down. We've been going probably for a while. These shows might be a little longer than normal, but hey, there's a lot of stuff that's very important. And, uh, if you want more of it, go back and listen again. <laughs> I know sometimes I need to. And uh, like I said, if you want some more information, we mentioned earlier but about evolution and more of that topic too, you can go back to episode 27. You might have already listened, but, you know, maybe it's the perfect time to give it another listen and check it out. Remember, you know, hit us up on social media or at our email at landtheplanetoday at gmail.com if you have any thoughts, questions, comments just about this whole topic. If you want to get involved, but send us an email or hit us up through direct message through any of our social medias. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to Bobby on Twitter, it's oldbear45. Oldbear45. Come hang out with me on Twitter. I love to engage people on Twitter and, and get a discussion going and, and try to bring people, bring unbelievers in and, and just talk to them and love on them some. So he's oldbear45, but he's not too old to tweet. Yeah. That's right. But hey, that's where you can find us. Come join yeah. us and, and get in those topics. And uh, after that, you know, just make sure you go out there. If you listen, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, hit that little subscribe button. Join in anywhere podcasts are found. And, uh, you know. I saw the other day we're on Amazon Music. I didn't even know we that. everywhere. Yeah. We can well, just, there's one place we got we to gotta get on. Yeah. I'm not going to mention it, but. No. Uh-uh. 
Our yeah. people are talking to their people. Yeah, it's, it's in the it's, it's in long the, contract negotiations. It's, it's about zeros and commas and yeah. where exactly to put that decimal point and you know stuff we don't have to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> so we got we, people for we got people for that. <laughs> Might even need a lawyer. <laughs> if only we knew one. I'll refer I, you. <laughs> I know what kind of fees you guys pay. <laughs> On that note, Jonathan, hit up the music. Uh, yeah, we're out of here. <laughs> Bye, everybody.